I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in Episode 41 of the dynasty debates i am your humble host as always evan brown you can catch me on twitter at ff evan you can follow the show at dynasty debates or you can drop an email dynasty debates at gmail.com many many ways to get in touch very quickly here before we jump in today's episode as you probably are aware we have been doing a series called building the big board so we are focusing on incoming rookie prospects two at a time shorter daily episodes covering different prospects different positions so far we've done a lot of running backs we're doing a lot of wide receivers it has been a great time go back and check them out if you haven't already couple little bits of business here something i have forgotten to mention and i do apologize if you enjoy getting your eyes on prospects yourself one of the ways you can do that is at the dynasty nerds film room which i am a writer and ranker for dynasty nerds and honestly it's not just because I'm affiliated with them. It is a great resource where I start my film study every time. I go to the film room. They got lots of cut-ups where you can specifically just watch the player you are interested in, every snap they played in that particular game. If you're interested, go check it out. And as a little sneaky bonus, you can get 15% off if you decide to sign up with the code FFEvolution. So that's just a little tidbit there for you if you are interested. Also, please don't forget to drop a rating and review at your favorite podcast listening platform. It really helps the show. I would appreciate it. And now, without any further ado, we have a new guest for the next couple episodes. I am very excited. It is the one and only Nate Christian at NateNFL on Twitter. He is one quarter of the Dynasty Rewind. We had Mike Bauer on the other week. Um, Nate is another one of the co-hosts. Great dude. He is a film-based analyst like myself and yeah he's just a great guy follow him on twitter check out dynasty rewind let's get into it something is wrong with you i got a fever adam himself could not resist the temptation a rookie fever back again we are talking prospects and i am very lucky to have a new and amazing guest never before been on the dynasty debates show shame on him he is the one well i would i would say one quarter he's one quarter of the dynasty rewind he is nate christian himself at nate nfl as mentioned in the intro he is i mean this is audio only, but he's a very good looking guy. I mean, I'm certainly enjoying the view here. So, you know, you guys are, you know, we're going to have to get video at some stage. That's all I'm going to say, because you're missing out. You're only going to hear, you're not going to see, but my buddy Nate is here to help me break down some more wide receivers. Nate, how the heck are you, bud? I'm doing great. I actually am so excited to be here, Evan. We've been talking back and forth for a year and a half now about fantasy football and dynasty fantasy football and i was so excited when you launched this podcast i've listened to many of the episodes and i said before the show i can't wait to come back and do hatchet man i'm excited about that to rant about somebody and you know we actually share a special connection i don't know if you know this but i'm pretty sure the only guinness brewery outside of ireland is in baltimore 
And they actually sell these little cups and I got my name on it. So, you know, I'm drinking a Guinness here with my Guinness <laughs> mug. Uh, yes. Baltimore has the open gate Guinness brewery and they actually Respect. brew some Guinness beer here in Baltimore. So we have a connection. We have a special connection. That is true. Um, we also have another connection. I am actually in a league with Nate. So humble brag. I won that league last year. No big deal. Kind of a big deal. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, um, he's a great dude. And like, like you said, I have been chatting fantasy back and forth on twitter through dms and just in general um with for year at least a year or two now with nate so it's great to have him on the pod i've listened to dynasty rewind many many times so i really appreciate the kind words we've had mike on um spoiler alert we're having chev on soon so i feel like an honorary member of the rewind crew now at this stage which is again a very big honor i am excited i looking for i'm looking forward to talking some more wide receivers i really enjoy this class and i think nate does a as well without further ado as per usual we are going to let guests go first and we are talking Jahan Dotson who is a very exciting prospect he's out of Penn State which is the Nittany Lions and in a minute here I'm going to have to get Nate to explain to me what a Nittany Lion is because to me I have no idea what that is I, I just assume it's a, a lion that likes to knit maybe is it do you know Nate I honestly have no idea so I'm google searching it right now okay okay i'll come back to you ordinary mountain lion oh well that's very much more disappointing than what i was hoping i was hoping it was something to do with like an elderly granny lion who liked to make sweaters for her um lion cub grandchildren he does wear a scarf so a nittany lion um but anyways he is a senior 21 years old four-star recruit coming out of high school um he comes in at five foot 11 178 pounds nine and a half inch hands gotta get the hand size in there because we are hashtag official um and at the combine he ran a 4-4-3-40 which is very nice he had a 36 inch vert which is very very solid and a 10 foot one inch broad jump which isn't incredible but it's nothing to be ashamed of either certainly better than i could do um in in high school now he did he was a multi multi multi-sport athlete he did compete in basketball and track um he had a breakout age of 20.5 which is only 50th percentile so nothing really to jump up and down about but on the positive side he did have a 32 and a half percent college target share which is in the 95th percentile so me likey um a couple other interesting things just about Jahan before I throw it to Nate here. Um, he does rank third all time at Penn State in career receiving touchdowns with 23. He is fourth in receiving yards and fourth in reception. So as you can tell, he had a very, very illustrious career um, in his time being a Nittany Lion. Um, he's also uh, an excellent punt returner. Going back to our conversation uh, that I had with Al- Alfred there, we both are of the same uh, mindset that being a punt returner is a really important quality and skill to have uh, something that really adds to your um adds, adds to your you know your usage at the next level probably won't have a problem with that with Jahan he's probably going to get drafted quite highly but it's a nice another little bag of tricks to have and just lastly here a, a stat line for you to wrap your wrap your head around is in 42 games he had 183 receptions for 2757 yards he averaged 15.1 yards per reception and he had 25 touchdowns so that kind of paints a little bit of a picture here of Dotson but I'm going to throw it to my good buddy Nate who is going to break down what he likes what he doesn't like and what he sees as the future for Mr. Dotson yeah Jahan Dotson has become one of my favorite wide receivers in this draft class I have him as a top five wide receiver and I've had him as a top five wide receiver in this draft class for months now 
I had the uh, pleasure, unfortunate, bittersweet pleasure of actually seeing Jahan Dotson play live this year. Um, Mike and I went to a Penn State Maryland Terrapins game and it was exciting. It was a close game, but Jahan Dotson had like 12 receptions for like 250 yards and three touchdowns and absolutely just carried the Penn State offense to beat the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, it was incredible to watch because no matter what the Terps defense tried to do, they couldn't stop Jahan Dotson. And it was little screens that he would just make people miss and, you know, get 30 yard chunk plays. It was also him just getting open behind the safeties, behind the defense for big touchdowns. He's, he was basically unstoppable just because of his playmaking ability, the speed that he offers, the, the yards after the catch that he can bring to the table. He is an incredible athlete. His, uh, his speed and burst, I think, are top of this class, just his athletic ability to get past people, get around people. It's very impressive. And he also has some of the best hands in this class. I th- I'm sure you noticed that watching his tape. You know, he doesn't have many drops, and he makes a lot of catches that he plays bigger than his size. You know, coming in at you know 5'11", you know, he's still able to make those contested catches. He still has his good chance in 50-50 balls. He can hold his own. And I think, you know, he just does so much right that I want to see out of a wide receiver, especially one that can, you know, break open a game, make game-changing plays. And he's not just a gadget player. I don't want anyone to ever think that because he's actually a really good route runner. He's a good release off the line too. You know, he's violent with his routes, getting in and out of his cuts. There's really not much that Jahan Dotson doesn't do right. And he's not even small. If he was like five foot nine, I think we'd be a very different prospect. But he really checks all the boxes for me. Um, and I don't see why he's not being talked about as a top five wide receiver in this draft class. I know there's a lot of wide receivers in this draft class. But for me, Dotson is a bona fide top five guy in this draft class because he has that high upside as an athlete and as a wide receiver that you want to shoot for in fantasy football. You know, I, I think the, the days of this six foot five wide receiver who's going to dominate the NFL are gone. I mean, we're going to see some of those guys every now and then, but now it's all about speed. It's all about speed and getting open. And Jahan Dotson does both those things very well. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely, you know, when, especially with, like you said, with his hands, I mean, I've got down here as a note, like he's got the best hands in the class, you know, he's, he's just incredible with, um, with his catches and just the catches that he makes. I really like him a lot. I mentioned there, you know, similar to what you'd said, I he's utilized jet sweep, short and intermediate, you know, good at finding soft spots in zone. Um, you know, a couple of the things, I mean, a speed definitely I had speed down is really high for him, like is is um in, in my film score for him. And it was nice to see that kind of replicated at the combine. Um, good at tracking the ball and readjusting down the field because his quarterback play was subpar, at least in 2021. You know, watching the quarterback play was pretty poor. Um, so it was nice to see him be able to to readjust. His body control was really good. The only kind of knocks I had on him were sort of like he wasn't very physical, he got bullied by DB sometimes near the line of scrimmage, things like that. Um um, but again, overall, really, really solid prospect, really excited about him. Um, he doesn't offer as much in yards after the catch as I would have liked. Um, I'm a really big yak guy myself. I love yak receivers, but no, I mean, I'm with you in that, you know, he's definitely near the top. He's certainly nearer the top than the bottom of this class for me. I think I've got him at about in my film scores. I think he's about wide receiver seven, but it's not like a massive drop. It's, it's literally like about a half point behind wide receiver five and six, you know? So it's, it's pretty close there. I really like him. Um, what about, so where are you comfortable taking, like, say if this is a 12 team, one quarterback league. So this isn't super flex one quarterback league. Where are you pulling the trigger on Dotson? 
Yeah, with Jahan Dotson, one quarterback, I'm absolutely taking him in the first round. I, I think the first spot that I'm probably going to take him is probably going to be around like the 108. I, I'm comfortable taking him anywhere there and afterwards. Um, like I said, I think he's a top five wide receiver in this draft class. I'm, And that it helps that I'm a little bit lower in Drake London than most people. So I actually have Drake London out of my top five. So that helps Jahan Dotson kind of get into that <laughs> yeah. top five. But um, yeah, I, I'm taking him anywhere in the back half of the first round. And if you can get him in the second round, I've seen him go in the, you know, the top end of the second round. And I think that's an absolute steal for a guy like this. Yeah, no, I think I would be very surprised. Like post NFL draft, I'd be surprised because like you said, I mean, there's a chance that he gets into the first round of the NFL draft. And if he does get into that back half of the first round of the draft, I think, um, you know, you know what happens. People get buzzed and they get excited about, you know, draft capital. And, and I, I understand that draft capital is important part of the puzzle. Um, but yeah, I'd be very surprised post NFL draft if anybody's getting him in the second round. But yeah, I agree with you. I would say for me, um, after the big three running backs are gone and after your top sort of four or five receivers are gone, he's one of the next men up. So absolutely around the 108, 19, 110 area um, that I'd be 100% comfortable, um, you know, him and you know yeah there's a couple of guys right around that group there that i'm right near the near the end of the first round absolutely not going to fault anybody and like you said if he's just your your dude and you love him and you're you're all about that and you've only got one first and it's like the 106 and you want to take him at 106 that's fine like i'm not going to fault you for that um get your guy you know it's all well and good sometimes when we talk about oh well i'd take him at 108 or one you know but if you've only got one first you know and you really love the guy i mean he there's a lot to like about Jahan, and especially man if he goes to green bay or something you know like it's gonna be wheels up <clears throat> this dude has got great hands he does a lot of things really well he was uber productive um in a, in a good school at a good program you know good competition so it's hard to see him it's hard to see him not succeeding at the next level I, i'll say that so absolutely anywhere in the late and and for me honestly super flex wise it doesn't change that much either for me maybe he bumps back to 110 111 um but again into the first round i'm still happy taking Jahan dotson there so i think we're pretty much pretty much pretty much in lockstep with Jahan dotson he's one of those guys i've, I've mentioned like similar to me with like chris Olave. it's like if you miss out on the quote unquote elite tier, you can't be that disappointed with your <laughs> consolation prize. If you come away with Chris Olave or Jahan Dotson, I mean, that's just my opinion. There's not a massive drop off, even if you want to think of it as a drop off. So we are going to talk one of my guy today. Well, it's not my guy. I just want to throw that out there. He's not my guy. <laughs> it's just my turn to take the lead on this prospect. Um, it is Justin Ross. You know, I do say I would say that I do have to give him a little bit of a bump in the rankings just for spelling his name with a Y instead of an I. I mean, that just gives a little bit of drip factor um, that I respect. So he is out of Clemson. So he's a Tiger. He's a red shirt junior, 22 years old, four star recruit. Um, he's six foot three. 210 pounds, nine and five, eight and five eighths inch hands. Now he did not compete in the combine because of an injury that he's just coming back from, or that he's just getting um, basically his foot. He had a foot injury that he was just recovering from. So he didn't actually compete at the combine at his pro day. It was fairly disappointing um, from an athletic perspective, four, six, three, 40. So pretty, pretty, bad <laughs> 40 time only a 31 and a half inch vert and a nine foot eight inch broad um i will say my 
opinion, my my assumption is that that's still a lingering injury um, affecting that. I, I just don't think he's because that's pretty bad. If you're looking at like athletic testing, those numbers are pretty shockingly bad. And I don't think he's that bad of an athlete if you go back and watch his tape from when he was at his peak. So I'm taking that with a pinch of salt personally, but I know a lot of people are panicking. So I just wanted to be honest and throw that out there. Interestingly, so his breakout age was 18.7, which is 94th percentile. So very, very good. And again, he went to Clemson. So that's a really good college. That's not some Scrubsville, you know, backwater um, Juco. Um, he had a 23.9% college target share, which is 68th percentile. He did play basketball in high school as well. So he was a multi-sport athlete. Um, so his story is really interesting. I'm just going to take a little bit of a detour here and just talk about his story because I think it's something, you know, I've been talking along this whole process that um, there's certain things that we always like to see. There's a lot of things that a lot of thresholds that we like to see hit, but context always matters. And I feel like with Justin Ross, there's a lot of context that we need to be aware of. So he came in and he was an, he was a really highly recruited dude, like really highly recruited, highly sought after guy. He came in and just lit the world on fire as a freshman 2018. He caught 46 passes for a team leading 1000 yards with nine touchdowns in 15 games. What happened was he ended up getting a really crazy, really serious injury. So in the spring of 2020, he suffered a stinger in practice and they found out he had a congenital fusion in his spine. He had to have surgery he missed the entire 2020 season like he was out of football for like 18 months so he came back in 2021 was able to compete but as you can imagine I mean, he just took 18 months off. He had a serious injury that he was coming back from. There was a bit of rust there. Um, and as he was getting up to speed again with a new quarterback, because obviously he was playing with Trevor Lawrence before, he's getting up to speed with a new quarterback. And then he got a foot injury during the season. So he just had some bad luck these last year, this last year or two. Um, so he played injured quite a bit of the year. Um, in 38 games, he had 158 receptions for 2,379 yards, 15.1 yards per reception, and 20 touchdowns so a little bit longer of a backstory there than for some of these other guys but the reason being like i said i think it's really important i think because Honestly, I will say I, I do really like Justin Ross probably more than a lot of people because I personally am putting a lot more weight on his 2018-2019 tape than I am on his 2021 tape because of the injury, because of um, these extenuating circumstances. Um, and especially I heard some interesting reports and some interesting, you know, just like basically some, uh, you know, interviews from, you know, his college coach and things like that, that kind of confirmed that he was playing injured a lot of 2021 that he has a really great work ethic that he's an amazing guy um so yeah i just want to keep keep all that with a, a pinch of salt he could end up being a real real steal in your drafts because you could get him quite late and he could actually develop into somebody that's really intriguing because when you go back and especially when you watch his freshman sophomore tape he has really good ball tracking. He's really good at tracking deeper balls, deeper throws. He has really solid hands. Like we talked about good hands catcher. He had sharp breaks in and out of his routes. Um, he doesn't offer much in yards after catch. So that was a bit of disappointment. Um, that is something I like to see, but it's just not his type of play. It's not who he was as a receiver. Um, he is willing to run block. He was willing to get stuck in and do the dirty work. He has good short area burst, but he's not overly fast. He's not a burner. I mean, obviously we saw a really bad 40 time, but I don't think that's really honestly when he's fully himself, fully fit. I don't think he's that bad, but he's not a burner. He's not going to be one of those guys who just breaks you down with speed like a Jameson Williams. Um, 
he he has the tools to play. I think that's the thing. He's an interesting prospect, really interesting traits, and he seems like he has really good character. He worked so hard, and everything we heard, um, everything I've heard from his team, from his coach, is just about his work ethic and what a positive person he is, and how hard he works, and just the kind of player and kind of person that he is. Um, and he and he's really good at like contested catches. I do wish he was a little bit more physical at the point of attack, but again, when he was playing his best football he was quite young and he was still learning and growing so i think there's a lot of room and a lot of growth there a lot of potential um you know i just think that really unfortunate with his injuries and i think we need to bear that in mind i'm going to be really interested to see what happens in the nfl draft because obviously you know attending uh the combine and pro days and things like that if he's been able to get the medical all clear if he's been able to get some seriously medical all clears i'm really interested to see how high he goes um if he gets that solid semi-solid sort of draft capital i think that'll be awesome for him if he hasn't he could fall if he hasn't got the medical all clear or if there's any sort of concerns because there is a lot of decent options in this draft class he could really fall in which case he just becomes a real flyer somebody you're going to be looking at at the very back end of your round so to me the nfl draft itself and really the medicals is the pivotal point but i am curious to see if what thinks of justin ross um is there anything i've missed here anything that you wanted to touch on or or do you agree with my kind of breakdown of him yeah i really agree with what you said about the nfl draft capital he's a guy that i love watching the film of justin ross but i'm not the one who can go in there and you know look at his back look at his foot look at you know see if he's actually going to stand up to the punishment of the nfl and i have to rely on the nfl team to tell me that if he goes day two fourth round I'm going to say that all the medical flags they checked out, there's not any big red flags. Teams are willing to take decent draft capital on him. You know, third, fourth round, I'm all about Justin Ross. If he slips any farther than the fourth round, if he ends up in the fifth or sixth round, at that point, you can tell that teams are just taking a flyer on him. You know, they're not confident that that back's going to hold up. They're more just playing the odds. So come draft day, it's going to be really important to see where Justin Ross goes. And I really hope he gets decent draft capital because I love watching him. You know, he, he had such a good freshman year with Trevor Lawrence and that Clemson team. He's a good athlete. He, like you said, he's, he's not the fastest guy out there. And we saw that with the 40-yard dash to combine. But he's a long strider. You know, he might not accelerate super quickly. But he once he gets moving, he can move pretty well. And he can still test the defense, uh, giving a little bit of space. I think, you know, Having him on the outside, he, he played a lot of inside for Clemson and then started moving outside uh, at the end of this past season. And he, he looks much more comfortable on the outside than the inside. You know, he can be used as an inside slot, but outside, you know, he does well with a sideline. He has good body control, good concentration with the ball in the air. You know, he can make those back shoulder catches. The one thing that if he wants to play outside at the next level is he's going to have to gain more weight. Um, he needs a thicker frame. He's a little slender at the moment, especially for six foot four. So we need to see him gain some weight. But, you know, once again, with the injury, you know, I'm sure he lost a ton of weight with that injury, a lot of muscle, because you can't be lifting as you would have been lifting with that kind of injury. So, you know, he's, he's really got to start from a, a lower base than a lot of these other guys. So it, he's going to have a slow start. So yeah, he's a no, guy I'm going to be watching, but. Yeah, we I think need you're, to just yeah, you've nailed it. I think you're right. I think, you know, and, and you know, funny enough, it would be amazing. I would love to see if he has the medical all clears and everything like that. It'd be great to see him go in like the third round of Jacksonville or something, be reunited with Trevor Lawrence. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, just because they are obviously trying to stock up on some offensive weapons and things like that for him. That would be really, really good to see. But 
Absolutely. I think so. Just for a rookie draft grade, real quick to wrap up uh, Justin Ross here, I would say if he does get in the best case scenario, he gets that third, fourth round draft capital. Um, then I'm I'm looking at him in the probably in the third round still, just because I think there's a lot of really really interesting guys in the first and second round, and then even there's some running backs and things like that, some some tight ends that might um, sl- slip in there. I mean, I think. Again, if he comes through, like if he does actually get third round or you know maybe fourth round in a really nice spot, I could see him sneaking into the very end of the second round for me. Um, but probably a third round pick, and then if he doesn't, then it's just like some fourth round flyer or somebody just to keep an eye on, even and see if he clears through and hits waivers. If he's like a sixth or seventh round pick or a UDFA, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be going anywhere because obviously it'll, I would say it'll be because of the medical um, red flags if he if he does slip that far or if he does become a UDFA. Where are you at on your rookie draft grade for him? My rookie draft grade, I'm comfortable taking him in a one quarterback league, uh, second half of the second round. As long as he gets that draft capital, yeah. that I'm comfortable with the medical. Uh, like you said, if it's fifth, sixth, seventh undrafted, he's going to drop a lot of my board. Uh, probably at that point, late third flyer, something like that. But as long as the draft capital works out, I'm looking at the end of the second round to draft him. I think he has that kind of upside that you're going to want, I think is a guy that could be used well in the red zone. It's funny. You mentioned the Jacksonville Jaguars I actually comp Justin Ross to kind of like a Marvin Jones kind of player. So, nice. you know, I think that'd be a pretty nice landing spot for him. Of course, yeah. with the Clemson reunion as well. Yeah, exactly. That'd be crazy. It'd be like him, ETN and Lawrence back, back in black. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. I think very end of the second round for me, if he, if he gets the, fourth round draft capital third or fourth round draft capital i think he's definitely got one of the widest range of outcomes i think that's fair to say but um there we go we wrapped up the first couple of players and so far so good no fights no quarrels no uh no falling out here and we are moving on i drive zero rb in dynasty pass up a young receiver nah i couldn't be me my fifth wide receiver ran, it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those Arby's. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those Arby's on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.